This, 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 this is the epicenter of audio frequency entertainment. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Oh, yeah. You guys are the best. Efren and Reap. I love you, love you, love you. The Heffron and Reap Show. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Heffron and Reap Show. I am all by myself this time. Uh, I like to call that John Solo. Get it? It's like Han Solo, but it's me. Okay. Well, I'm by myself. And, uh, well, not really, because uh, I'm sitting down with another comedian friend of mine. Uh, we were working together at the Stardome Comedy Club in Birmingham, Alabama. One of the best comedy clubs in the South. Going to check it out. And uh, I've known Stuart for a long time, although I haven't seen him in, like, gosh, maybe over five years. Maybe even longer than that. But, um... He's one of those uh, well-redneck guys. You know, he's a smart guy from the South. Um, he fits in the Metro Jethro category. And uh, on his website, I'll read you what it says here on his website. Here's his little bio. It says, Stewart is one of the best comics working today. He may be one of the best comedy writers America has seen since Woody Allen. Well, that's a tall order right there. I don't think he wrote that. Oh, no, this is by uh, <laughs> this is by uh, someone who works at the Examiner. Okay, good. He's not being talking. Uh, he is able to pull comedy from subjects that shouldn't be able to elicit any more jokes. In his current act, he has a 15-minute joke about a kid taking a penguin from the zoo. Now, can any readers out there? Okay, I'm not going to read that part. Anyway, you get the idea. He's a good guy, uh, and we cover a lot of topics in this interview. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Heffern and Reap Show. All right, Stu, Stuart Huff is in uh, the hotel room with me. We are at the Courtyard by Marriott. That always used to confuse me when they'd say by Marriott. Like, you mean next to the Marriott? Ne- yeah. The Courtyard next, next to the Marriott? Where are the features? Where are the headliners? <laughs> the, court, the Courtyard is the headliners, and the Courtyard by Marriott. By is, Marriott. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's not, you never hear Courtyard by Super 8. <laughs> Right. Courtyard by Motel 6. They they don't have a courtyard. They have a thinly veiled pool outside, which is where they keep the ducks. Right, and one light that they keep on for you. Uh, so, man, how long has it been, Stuart, since I've seen you? We've been trying to think about it. At least five years. I, I think Atlanta was the last time. Yeah. At least five. Line. Yeah. Yeah. And before that, I've seen you off and on. You're from Kentucky originally, is that originally right? Originally Kentucky. So we yeah. probably worked a lot of the same clubs. Yeah, we, same I time. mean, you, you did a lot of Raleigh, a lot of good night stuff. Yeah. And I, so I think this first time we met was in Raleigh. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. At good nights. Do you work good nights? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we used to hang out. You know, a long time. What was that, 15 years ago? I know. It, seemed, it, it, it doesn't seem like that it. long, but, it, I mean, it is. Yeah. I, I started first time on stage was uh, probably like 96 or something. Mm-hmm. And um, and then just toured around the south, mostly North Carolina. Uh, some Kentucky stuff. Did you get started in Kentucky? No, no. I got started, tried to get started in Atlanta. Okay. But it was so hard to get stage time there. So I ended At the punchline. Yeah, it was, it was impossible. They put four guys up. On a, on a regular show, and, you know, there was a lot of, you knew what the booker drank, so I happened <laughs> to have a bottle of this in my car. Very nice. Yeah, so uh, I was, was living was in drink? my car at the time. <laughs> I couldn't afford a bottle. Right. So I ended up going to Chattanooga. To, oh, okay. Yeah. Comedy I, Catch. Comedy Catch is where I was doing my open micing. Very nice. So you mm-hmm. started at the Comedy Catch with Alfano. Was he the guy running mm-hmm. the show? Yep. yep. He's still there? He is. I don't work the club anymore. Yeah, I was uh, I went back for the first time in a long time uh, last year. Really? And uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, I don't know. I started not not taking gigs where I had to do connecting flights. <laughs> That's hilarious. And uh, for a little bit, and then I said, "No, I need the cash again." That's fantastic. So now I'm uh, I'm connecting again. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Is there a connecting flight with this gig? Yeah. That's great. Can I go straight from LAX to Chattanooga? No. <laughs> not unless you get a private jet. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll hit him, in a, him up in a couple of years. That's but, awesome. yeah, Alfano, uh, um, that, you, so you got your first your start uh, at Open Mic at the Comedy Catch in Chattanooga. What was that like? What, let's just back, back, back up a little bit. You're from where in Kentucky? Campbellsville, Kentucky. Campbellsville. Campbellsville. Oh, Campbell. Yeah. Okay, okay. Campbellsville. Home of the soup? <laughs> <laughs> no, home of nothing. But uh, it tiny little town. But I left there, you know, when I was a kid, you know. So, but I still feel like it's home for some reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, Knoxville grew up in Knoxville, you grew Tennessee. Up in Knoxville. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and then a little time in Atlanta here and there. Moved around a lot. Brothers, sisters. Know? 
Two sisters. Two sisters. Two sisters. Oldest, youngest. I'm the oldest. Okay. Yeah. Do a whole thing about my sisters. One is mentally handicapped. The other one's a lesbian, and I'm a road comic. Wow. So it's the trifecta. My parents have. Wow. Yeah. You're blessed with material. <laughs> I know. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Sweet. So okay, I had a mentally handicapped uncle. Mm-hmm. What 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 kind of handicap does your sister have? They, the doctors, there's not a word for it. I guess when she was going literally going through the birth canal. Right. Her brain was having these little spasms, is what they say. Right. So her brain did not get enough oxygen. Apparently, that that passage right there, mm-hmm. you know, really critical. Okay. You've got to get a certain amount of oxygen in your brain. This is, I'm just parroting words doctors have told sure, my parents sure. here, but she didn't get enough. So she's 37. She just turned 37, and uh, she's probably 10 or 11 mentally. Oh, right. You know, so slow gotcha. is not a bad description. But physically, you know? she doesn't look like she has oh, Down syndrome or anything. No, just, not yeah. at all. And that's what's awesome is when I'm standing there with her and people come up and I introduce them, they, you have you would have no clue. Yeah. And then it's just, she's just a little slow. A little slow. Right. But then some parts of her brain are incredibly advanced. Right. Much more than you and I. Can anyway. she live on her own or does she no. need help? Yeah. She'll live with my parents until they pass, and then she'll go to my sister or me, depending on, well, probably my sister and her wife, because <laughs> they've got their shit together a lot better than I do. Uh, right. <laughs> well, your sister, she got married? Technically, no. Your but, other sister, uh, not yeah. not the one with the mentally handicapped, but you've got two sisters. You two said sisters. one was a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Now, that one got married, you said, or no? They had a ceremony. I, I don't you, know right. if it's legal. Right. But well, it, it depends it, on where, I guess, what yeah. state we're in and what year we're in. Yeah. It, it seems to be changing all the time. Just incredible. It's according to me they're married. I mean, they've been together forever. They own a business. They own homes. I mean, come nice. on. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is a solid relationship. So, according to me. They're married. Yeah, they're married. You know. So, your sister will... Inherit your sister. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she works at a grocery store, my mentally handicapped sister. I mean, she's, you know, she's able to work. She's right. able to, you know, do things like that. She can't drive a car. Okay. She, you know, those kind of things. But my yeah. uncle was that way. He yeah. he was, you know, uh, like he was just slow. So, like, but he would sort of, like, um, stare at the ceiling sometimes and just uh-huh. make random noises and just randomly yell stuff out. Right. And as a kid, it was fun. I mean, it's oh, my yeah. uncle. That's the way he is. And I grew up with it. Uh, and but he was like when I was maybe thirteen, uh, t- ten to thirteen, in his brain he was my age. Right. Yeah. So even though he was like forty, uh-huh. and he would like to wrestle, but he was a strong dude, <laughs> so he didn't know when to lay off. Sometimes you had to right. like tell him, "Oh, that hurts, Kenneth. That hurts." Yeah. yeah. But it was all in fun. Um, I remember one time he, uh, my dad. I think I may have told this on the podcast before, but you haven't heard it. So mm-hmm. my dad had a, a camcorder, and he was yeah. like recording stuff at the fa- grandma's house the whole family was there and then he went and plugged it into the tv and we we're going to watch it back you know and he was rewinding it and kenneth would mimic stuff and uh-huh. so as it's rewinding kenneth was behind my dad making the same noise as the camcorder <laughs> and he was just going like that well the camcorder had stopped recording but kenneth kept making the noise right. and my dad didn't know the <laughs> kenneth was still standing back going my dad and it fooled my dad I was like damn this thing how long is this tape <laughs> and everyone just started laughing because you know they knew it was kenneth making the noise but right like, damn yeah. it kenneth and then you got cut it out which one has the problem <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right well that's, that's the awesome. question I mean, I'm, this is a question I ask when I'm around my sister for extended periods of times, or her friends too. You yeah. know, with, is the way I see it is we. I mean, like you and I, people listen to punk. We're the masses. That's mm-hmm. what we are. Sure. And we set up brackets. We said everybody with with these with these abilities mm-hmm. is normal. Right. Everybody without these abilities is autistic, mentally handicapped, mm-hmm. mentally challenged. Whatever words we want to use. Sure. I wonder if the brackets are just fake. Is there a spectrum? From, right. You know what I mean? From tremendously advanced, I'm talking mathematician genius level, okay. down to, you know, very, uh, I don't know what the word would be, you know, not Micro, very, like very functional, yeah. almost zero function. Okay. And did we pick out what is normal? Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, because we're the masses, so we've all agreed that this is normal. Yeah. There might be a different normal for... The non-masses. I don't know what you <laughs> yeah, call it. Yeah, like we say, Maybe okay. they got their own bracket system that we don't know about. It's too intelligent for us to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, according to a mathematician, we're pretty much idiots, John. Yeah. I mean, me and you, we're, oh, we're totally. mentally handicapped. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. No <laughs> question about no it. no question. Exactly yeah. right. Um, mm-hmm. No, I agree. I sometimes think that I, um, 
you know, I don't know how this is going to sound, but they say ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I get jealous of people who are really, really ignorant Mm -hmm. or or mentally handicapped sometimes Mm -hmm. because their whole life someone is going to have to take care of them. When we get over 18, technically we're kind of on our own. Right. We've got to figure stuff out ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't have anybody to take care of us that has to take care. But if you were mentally handicapped, there's always someone there, whether it yeah. be your family or a nursing home or whatever. Yeah, and hopefully it's a good like it's a good situation. A good right? situation, yeah. There's a lot of bad ones. But, that I mean, parents of mentally handicapped kids ought to get free ice cream every day of their I lives. I agree. Uh, if, you're, if you're stepping up to bat every single day yes. and loving and doing because that's a frustrating job. Oh, you know? totally, yeah. Yeah. My mom, I mean, she grew up with it as her brother was. The, it was her brother who was, you know, mentally uh, handicapped. So mm-hmm. she, he would get picked on all the time, and they always have to defend him, and it right. was just a rough time. So I agree yeah. with you, man. It's it's not easy growing up with someone who has uh, that challenge, you know, in your family. So, yeah. and then and and you have your sister who's lesbian, and mm-hmm. you, and she. Now, did I hear you say? I watched a little bit of your stand up last night. I'm going back and forth. Mm-hmm. You did you donate sperm? I did. Can you tell me a little bit about that? That sounds awesome. Yeah, to you and to me. It's, uh, yeah. So a lot of people I performed for it doesn't sound too awesome. But I, my sister and her, I'm just going to say wife. I, I don't sure. know what the government is labeling her. I have no idea. It's but wife. Let's just say wife. Uh, my sister and her wife, uh, years ago, they said, would you be, in, we're going to, we want to have a child. Would mm-hmm. you be interested in donating sperm and and it will and you know this is a joke i tell but it will be my sister's wife who's pregnant not my sister right. I'm kentucky i ain't that kentucky <laughs> yeah okay you know good. okay right. so uh and and I, I you know john i thought about it for maybe five minutes like but what if this happens like what if they have a child and they split up right and then i still want to be a part of it's life. i mean what and then and then this thought occurred to me they'll be they'll make great parents yeah. i mean they will love there's, it's a solid relationship. Right. They make good money. They're very, um, you know, conscious of, and it's a solid, yeah. you know, thing. So I just well, thought, it's a great thing that you did. Yeah, I said absolutely, I will. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. has the, has, has this already, have they already had the child? No, they um, the first four or five attempts failed. Oh wow! So That's we your, were. Is it your fault? <laughs> no, I don't know how. Well, did you have to keep how, going back in, no, or was it just one? I did it once. Okay, okay. and then uh, they froze everything, and then gotcha. I was going to go back, but well, they're uh, just picking the wrong sperms then. Yeah. So now <laughs> she is pregnant, though. Okay, good. So she got pregnant. She is due May sixth. Oh, very yeah. nice. And you're going to be an uncle daddy. Or whatever. I am going to be uh, an uncle daddy, <laughs> an uncle baby daddy is what I'm going to be. Well, you know what? I'm trying to think of the legalities of all this stuff, like. Are you gonna like? Let's if they do split up. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna have to pay child support because you're legally the father? I don't know. Yeah, I have not thought about that at all. Right. Yeah. It could happen though. It uh, technically, yeah, I guess yeah. it could. I'll tell you a funny story is when because my sister and her wife and I decided let's not tell anybody. We don't even know if it's gonna work. Right. Right. So I just went down there, kind of in secret. Florida's where they live. I went down, kind of in secret, and did this, and then. Just when the first when it started failing repeatedly, mm-hmm. you know, which is common. Right. Then we were like, "There's no reason to tell our parents or anything like sure. that. It's probably not going to work." And then when it did work, mm-hmm. then we had a big sit down dinner. Nice. My parents, both of my sisters, you know, and then the funny part, and I love my father; he's a great guy. Watching the look on that man's face when my <laughs> lesbian sister was explaining that her wife was pregnant from his son. Oh my gosh! And the math li- alone in the, in the head. What? what? It's hilarious. And then listening to my mentally handicapped sister explain it to my father. <laughs> she, oh, she did. She broke she, it down for him. She broke it down for him <laughs> by using a Hugh Grant movie as an example. Really? I'm not kidding. Oh, please, what? Yeah, Hell. I don't. She goes, "It's just like that movie with Hugh Grant when he didn't want that girl to be pregnant, so then he got his, and then and she, <laughs> she wouldn't say the word. Oh, She's, that's that's hilarious. Yeah. Did, did it ever like? Well, your sister's wife, what does she look like? Is she is she hot? Yeah, she's I mean, an attractive it, woman. Did it like mm-hmm. cross your mind that we, sh- we should do it the old-fashioned way? No, <laughs> it, it, did, it did not because, I, you know, I don't know. Right. I just – That never – like not, not on the table at, at any point. No, it was not. <laughs> okay. The other night, this is funny. Because Bert, if it were me, I'm just saying, if it were me and I had a sister who was lesbian and, and had a hot wife, right? I would say I think it's – this, this is the only option we have. <laughs> right. I, <laughs> I mean, it would have I been. I have jar fright. I can't, I can't go in a room with a jar. <laughs> it has to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's that like? I mean, donating sperm, you have to, like, 
did they give you visual aids or no and i've talked to there's another comic who lives in la who did the same thing but it, it wasn't his lesbian sister it was his wife they were having trouble mm-hmm. conceiving so he went in and donated and then blah 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 right apparently it changes state to state the law in la hmm. he was telling me it's incredible he says you go in this room it's it's very comfortable they have all this stuff they have computers magazines oh nice all this stuff i'm in florida i was literally in a restroom with there was no magazines no computers right nothing i didn't come prepared i mean it was just (laughs) like it's hard it didn't come at all almost (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to figure out how dirty we can be on this oh we can be dirty it's it's a podcast yeah yeah whatever you want to do so there it it was yeah i was i was disappointed but this is how this is how great my sister's wife is i told her that i said because i had to do it twice by uh, in one visit i had to do it like i know how much recovery time did you have Uh, one evening about five o'clock and then the next morning at 10 a.m okay that's enough time yeah 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 so and then i told her i told my my sister's wife i said there was nothing in there like it was a little difficult because i thought there'd be magazines or something something something, you know did you have a cell phone i left my cell phone in the car oh no yeah get on you porn or nothing yeah so (laughs) then the next morning i woke up to drive the doctor's office and there was like some gas station porn in my in my front seat of my car wow my sister and her wife went out and bought me a a stack of magazines (laughs) isn't that a loving southern family southern sister right there (laughs) that's wonderful so yeah that, that i've never you know First of all, uh, since I have red hair and freckles, mm. no one's taken my sperm. <laughs> Did you hear about this? <laughs> There's the uh, sperm uh, uh, banks right. are denying redheaded guys. Really? Yeah, they're like, we don't need your sperm. Nobody wants. Red. No one wants redheaded. That is sperm. amazing. It's I the know, rarest. It's a slap in the face. It's, it's insulting a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we're a rare breed. You know, the redheads are are one percent of the population. Right. That's, I, that's I, the technically, I'm a minority. Yes, you so are. I'm allowed to. And I, I've got some cash for you. I brought, I brought you some cash. Please. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, but I would uh, I would totally do that, you know, donate the sperm if I, if I needed to. Um, but I could – it's not fair that they didn't have stuff in the room, but I would think I would have become so. prepared. You yeah. Know? And, uh, yeah, yeah, and there's a mirror in there. You don't want to stare at yourself while that's right. going on either. Yeah, I don't want to look at me. you turn your back. And there was, I don't know <laughs> what I expected, really. I just thought it would – this is a doctor's office. I thought they – I mean, it's a – You should you have know. gone in with your, your both your arms in a cast, <laughs> like, like your hands all taped up. You're right. like, I'm going to need some help. <laughs> <laughs> I need – nurse. Nurse. <laughs> nurse. Right. <laughs> well, okay. Well, that's awesome, dude. Now, um, Stu, Stuart – Stu or Stuart? I don't either one. I like fun. Stu. Steve's good. I don't care. Steve. <laughs> Whatever. Mr. Huff yeah, is point, what I call, you know. he's what uh, you know what I like to call a well-redneck. You know, he's from the South. <laughs> he's a, a smart, educated guy, um, but from Kentucky. He's not mm-hmm. an idiot. You know, he's a well-redneck. So um, <laughs> what, uh, how, why did you decide to do comedy in the first place? How did you get into it? I was in, I was in college, and I didn't want to be. Right. I, I didn't like it. Um, I was. Where were you I, going to college? Uh, I went to Brevard, North Carolina. Oh is, yeah. I don't even know if we have. Uh, I mean, you're North Carolina. Yeah, boy. I'm from Hickory. Yeah, where's I, Brevard? I'm trying up, to think. way up in the mountains. Yeah, uh, it's little. It's like just a little south of Asheville. Okay. Yeah. There's a co- college up there. Yeah, Brevard. Um, I went. Yeah, Brevard College was called. I went there because it, I mean it's the coolest college. Yeah. It's there's it's a lot on of nice, top of the mountain. Right. That, uh, there are a lot of the views up there at Asheville. That whole area is just beautiful. Gorgeous. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was going there. I I wanted to be a writer, like a short story writer or something, mm-hmm. but I, I had no clue. I'm so insecure. I didn't know how to be that. Right. So I didn't even tell anybody I wanted to do it. Eventually, I got so frustrated, I just dropped out of college. Okay. How and, far along did you, you know, get? Uh, three years. Three years? Yeah. Did, were you like, like a, a semester shy of finishing? or? I'm probably a, a year and... Yeah. A little more than right. from finishing. Some yeah. of the most smartest people drop out of college too quick because they're bored by it. And they're like, I need to move on. This is not working for me. I thought when I was in high school, I was bored to death. Right. And then I thought when I go to college, it's going to be incredible. Right. There's going to be like all these, we're going to be bringing up these issues and it's going to be this whole mind tank. And then we're going to go out in the woods and camp and party. <laughs> and then we're going to get back in school. Eat some and mushrooms. Tri- yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. And then I got there and no, this is the same jackasses from high school. Right. You know? Right. I was, that's how I felt when I went to a community college for first. I went there two years before uh-huh. I went to NC state. Right. And I was looking around like, yeah, exactly what you said. This, these are the same 
jack offs that were hanging out. You know, now we're just skipping class because it's not illegal, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, we don't have to get in class, go to class. We don't get in trouble. It's like, <laughs> why are we here? So, right. So that's how Brevard was for you, huh? You're like, I'm out I li- of here. I liked it, but I was yeah, I was real bored. And I always like comedy, but I you know I went the first time I walked into a comedy club, I signed up to go up. You did. I'd never seen a show. Wow. Yeah. I didn't get up, but I tried you to. Signed up. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's kind of scary, though. For oh, me, I was it scared be... to death. Yeah. There's a club. I, I don't. Where was I'm your sure first time? Cl- the club. I tried to get up the Punchline in Atlanta. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. This is how scared I was doing comedy. There was a club in Columbia, South Carolina. Yep. You ever worked there? Comedy House Theater. Yep. Yep. I know. I worked there with uh, Todd Yawn. Oh, I yeah. Love Todd. Yeah. I used to drive down there. The show was at 8 o'clock, right? Open mic night, right? Okay. I used to drive down there. I'd get in the parking lot about 5 mm-hmm. before. No, I mean, the employees weren't even there. Right. Like, there's, the parking lot was empty. I'd sit there in my car and look over my notes, my jokes, what yep. I'm going to try to do. I'd see some employees' cars pull up, and you know, and then some uh, audience members' cars would pull up. And, mm-hmm. and then uh, more and more would, and then it was getting closer to showtime, and then i still in my car and showtime would start and then i'd wonder how the show's going and i'd sit there and then people would file out a couple hours later and get in their cars and drive away <laughs> never and went in? i never went in oh, no. i was too scared right to get out of that oh, car that's crazy yeah i, I did that several times yeah <laughs> now what, what how did you get from brevard north carolina to atlanta like what how did you make that move like because you didn't start comedy in kentucky you didn't start in brevard mm-hmm. you said you started in Chattanooga. So, yes, how'd you get to Chattanooga? Yeah, it's, I tried. I You know, Atlanta, I knew there was a club in Atlanta. Right. I didn't know about all the little satellite clubs. I knew there was yeah. a club in Atlanta, the Punchline. So I went to Atlanta and signed up and tried to get up several weeks and yeah. never got up. Right, okay, you know? okay. And then somebody told me. So you, But you just drove down there? You thought, like, I'm going to go to this club? I'm going there for this purpose? Well, if we want to get real deep in the conversation this is how dumb i was <laughs> or smart i'm not sure right, i'm right, dumb right. as shit or brilliant okay. one or the other <laughs> but i ain't average okay right <laughs> i thought well if you're going to be a comedian yeah um you need to just be one like i'd never been on stage before right. but i thought i need to start telling myself i'm a comedian right so i quit my job okay and lived in my car mm-hmm. and i had never been on stage before okay and i thought i'm gonna step one quit the job quit the job <laughs> step one <laughs> Don't find out if don't, you like this or anything like that. Don't try comedy first. No, don't do that. Quit That's the job. how stupid I was. The job's holding you back. The job is definitely <laughs> holding me back. There's time I could be thinking about comedy that I'm having to show up to this Just job. The job, right. So I quit my job, lived in my car. Okay. And... Uh, and I slept in my car in Atlanta. That's commitment, though. I mean, you, you've made that. That's a huge commitment. Huge commitment, say, yeah. fuck it, I'm quitting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because comedy can be so scary and intimidating that you don't try it or you put it off because you're distracted or you tell yourself you're distracted with real life problems right. and a job yeah. mm-hmm. so you got rid of that one i quick. got rid of that i like yeah. that i like that it probably wasn't a bad it was horrible i hated it living yeah. in my car is horrible yeah what kind of car were you living in uh, it was a little honda accord cover well, not much know, pretty room. old no yeah. oh did you just so, lean back in this in this front seat, or did you get in the back seat and lay down? Uh, most of the time, I would lean back in the front seat because the thing about trying to sleep in your car in a big city, <laughs> yeah, people fuck with you all the time. Yeah, I the was cops. Gonna, where do you park? Homeless people. Yeah, uh, a lot of times at Walmart. A lot of times, you know, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it doesn't take long. You get a couple hours of sleep, and a cop will come up, right. Knock on your window. You got to move on, buddy. I was about to tell, say that because mm-hmm. my dad's a cop. And uh, okay. he busted, uh, actually, um, two, it was two lesbian gr- uh, girls in a uh-huh. car. They were making out, though. They weren't sleeping. But right. They were, like, in a Walmart parking lot somewhere. Mm-hmm. And my dad said he spotted them, and he kind of walked over, and they didn't see him. And he was just watching them make out for a minute. And he goes, well, I guess I could let them finish. <laughs> and he waited a little while. He I like went. your dad. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to, you know. Uh, I like your dad. A, a, not a cock blocker, but a, 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 a vag <laughs> Vag blocker. So okay, he, waited, like that. he waited a little bit, and then he tried to like his. All right, girls, let's go. Move it on. So, One time, this is high school, screwed yeah. up high school. Um, this reminds me of your dad. Yeah, there was a. They opened a brand new McDonald's, uh-huh. where and they had this enormous Ronald, blow up Ronald McDonald right. on top of the. It's a grand opening of McDonald's. Right. Mayfield Milk 
It's in Knoxville. Okay. With a huge cow. Was, I don't right. know, half a mile down the street. Yeah. So I get the brilliant idea. We need to put that blow up McDonald on that cow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So yeah. me and five or six buddies get out there. It wasn't even that late. It was 11 o'clock or something like that. Yeah. We, it was late to us, but, you know, not late enough to try to do this stupid crap. <laughs> right. We walked, we untied that McDonald, Ronald, and walked it down Kingston Pike, which is a four-lane oh my God. major. We walked it That's down. That's hilarious. I know. Cop sees us, pulls a U-turn, and gets out and goes, tell me what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you taking this clown? I told him, I said, I thought this looked like it fit perfectly on the cow, Mayfield cow. And I'm not kidding. He goes, come on, let's go. And he drove next to us while we walked that thing, and we tied it on that cow. And he goes, now get out of here, boys. Get out of here. (laughs) Safety first. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. What a great cop. Yeah. That does sound like something my dad would do. Really? I mean, we weren't really hurt. We were destroying property and everything. Just kids having fun. You know, you weren't hurting anybody. Well, okay, so you slept in your car for a while, um, moved, made the move to Atlanta. Did you just visit Atlanta and drive back, or did you just say, I'm moving to Atlanta? I, I mean, I was technically I was homeless, so right. I just was in Atlanta, and then I, I was showering in lakes and uh, outside of Atlanta. And um, You were camping out. Yeah, I had, I, had a couple, I had about four or five campout spots nice. that I would hit, okay. you know. And then one, some comic at the punchline uh told me you know in chattanooga mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to get up right. you know, on stage yeah so then i started driving up to chattanooga on right. sundays was their open mic and it was much easier so yeah. i got up started doing that and then you sort of stayed in chattanooga because it was easier yeah i would yeah. i would stay in chattanooga for several days and then some comic would say there's an open mic in richmond virginia and then i'd drive up there oh okay well, so it was yeah, kind of just, were, you know. You were a vagabond. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I did a little of that, but mostly just sort of in hotel. Like it, when the, from one gig to the next, when there wasn't a free hotel room, then I would might just go to a rest stop and uh, crash in the car for a night, you know, right. for like four hours or something. Yeah. Um, well, that's right. So you started in Chattanooga. Now, what was your first time like? Did you get laughs? Um, I... I thought I did well, but I did well because stupid crap. It was just like the, the tumblers fell into line. This guy in front of me who I had not seen since, and I, I, you know, don't. This kid in front of me, he was going up like fifth or whatever. I was sixth. Okay. He went up in a full suit, and I mean three piece with a gold pocket watch chain. Uh, Dio Hoogley? That kind of look. Yeah, just <laughs> total. He tells a joke that wasn't funny, and then he took, like, uh, he, he unloosened his tie. Told another joke, took the tie off. Another joke, took the pocket watch off. And he gets down to his underwear. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And the jokes he's telling aren't funny, so the crowd was just very much like, what's going on? Right. Apparently, the guy running the show had never, he never, he didn't know he him either. either. Okay. So he comes up to me, the guy running the show, and he goes, do you know this guy? I said, I don't know him. And, and then when he, like, we're sitting there talking about, I don't know what he's doing. And then he tells a joke and drops the pants. Now... Nice. His butt was to the crowd, so it wasn't full okay. frontal. But Oh, like he totally, his underwear came out? Underwear came down. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Bad jokes with nudity. Yeah. Oh, God. The guy so running you had the, to follow that? Yeah. That was, yeah, it was my first time on stage. Jesus yeah. Christ. Got I it. wouldn't even count that one. <laughs> I mean, that is not fair. That yeah. is not fair. What a hole you had to dig out of. I, I walked up. I said, what the hell was that? Right. Pop the bubble. I didn't know Right. That that was the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. I just that was, was instinct. Yeah, it was instinct. I yeah. said, "What the hell was that?" Everybody laughed like crazy, and then I rode that all the way down to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Say good night. How big was the crowd? Would you say twenty people? Yeah, that was like a Tuesday or Sunday night. Sunday yeah. night. yeah, yeah. Um, and do you remember? any of the material that you did back then like some of your first the first joke you ever told i don't remember any of the i remember some early jokes but nothing from that first night i I can tell you this they were i was so bad the other comics wouldn't hang out with me like that's how (laughs) bad that happens a lot though yeah yeah Uh, i was horrible well you tell them hey fuckers i quit my job for this you know i should have yeah um yeah i I remember my first time on stage it's not as good as yours but the, uh, the uh the MC, it was at Good Nights. Mm-hmm. The MC said, "Okay, this next guy, it's his first time on stage. Everybody be nice." Which I was like, "Ah, yeah." I didn't, why do you have to say that? Because right. now they know, and it's going to be weird. 
Like I just wanted to not know it was my first time. Absolutely, yeah. And so, uh, so I didn't like that. I, I had a buddy in the back of the room taping it, right? Oh Kept God, I never would have done that. Yeah, I didn't want him to either, but he insisted. So he and it was yeah. like a twenty people in the crowd. And he was in the way back of the room, so you couldn't even see him. Thank mm. God. But anyway, mm-hmm. at the time I was like, you know, Chevy Chase fan. I thought it'd be funny to run up there and fall down. Okay, right. So I ran up on stage. I fell down, and to my on credit, it was a great fall. <laughs> uh, it looked like I really did bust my awesome, ass. Awesome, yeah. But the problem was, since the crowd learned it was just my first time and to be nice, mm-hmm. they didn't laugh at that. They felt sorry for me. They felt sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got up. I thought I'd hear laughter. It was like, <gasps> oh. I was like, no, I did it on purpose. <laughs> Shit. Oh, damn. And then, I, and then I tried to get in my jokes, and I was out of my head. I, you know, I was like uh-huh. panicking, and I had the microphone way over here. Right. The only people laughing were maybe two people in the front, and then my buddy Marty, who's in the back, laughing at me for such sure, a time. Sure, yeah, he's so dying. The camera, if you watch the tape, you'll hear like me tell a joke and not getting laughs, but the camera goes up and down, and goes <laughs> 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 like, like he's laughing. Marty, at that's me. his name, Marty. Marty yeah, yeah, Marty laughing. Thanks, Marty. Um, but you know, that's it's one fantastic. of those things you probably got enough laughs to get you hooked and addicted, and you wanted to go back and then keep trying it and hone it. And I think that's the thing. The it, 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 how do I say this? I think that's the thing. Comedy is an unnatural thing to do. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that are good at this, they comics don't just go up and kill from the first time on. Right. It's something you got to learn to do. So most of the people, uh, or let's just say me, I went up and it was so frightening. It was so horrific. I hated it so much. Everything in my body was like, God, I, let's never do that again. Right. But then my brain was like, when can we do that again? <laughs> so. That's just not right. Like it's like touching a hot stove, burning yourself, yeah. and then can't wait for that stove to yeah. preheat again. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, that is kind of. For me though, I got like, yeah. You know, out of the how long was your set your first time? Three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah. Out of that three minutes, I got maybe three laughs. You know, mm-hmm. and that was enough for me to go. Oh, I gotta try this again. I yeah. think I could do better if I did this. And I learned from you. Learn from your mistakes, and, right. you, and you know, you get better as you go along. And and look at us now, twenty what eighteen years later, you know, yeah, crazy at the courtyard by Marriott, right, kicking it. Um, so you so you started in Chattanooga, and uh, you you um, you worked your way all over the country, I imagine, right? You've been pretty in, much, yeah. 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 And um, I love. So, so the last time I saw you, you had one one of my favorite stories. Just three things that stuck out in my mind about you was the chocolate covered hot dog story. Mm-hmm. That's one. The second one was the convenience store that sold swords, and then the one about the diner where, like, some uppity people came in and complained about something, and the chef came out and said, get the fuck out of my restaurant. Yeah, that's so weird that you remember that, because I didn't remember that one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I liked that. I liked that I liked whole that story, thing. too, yeah. That was that was about ninety nine percent true. Yeah, yeah. That that, one? that story. Yeah. Can you the, sort of refresh my memory on that? A little it was. Bit? I'll tell you the what. Ha, I don't remember the jokes I did, but I remember the story. Yeah, just that's yeah. I was sitting in this diner, one of the good, you know, southern like they cook it like it's not ready. You know, you sit down, right. you look at the menu, you order, and it's going to be a while because there's one man in the back who owns the joint, yeah. who's cooking the food for you. Right. You right. know. So I was sitting there, and I'd eaten there a couple times, so I know. And this is, you know, I'm on the road somewhere, yeah. you know, and great food, incredible yeah. home cooking. So a couple comes in and sits in the booth in front of me, and I think they just finished working out. They're in jogging-looking workout mm-hmm. clothes. They've got a lot of things going on, whatever. And they're just, they're annoying the crap out of me. From <laughs> I mean, just their conversation is right. just like, oh, my God, I can't believe she did that. Oh, my God. You know, that kind of. Yeah, they're ugh. like hating the, the they probably feel like this is the only place that they could eat food, and now they they hate it, and they're just dogging yeah. the whole town. Probably they're, they're making fun of everything on the wall. They're making right. fun, you know, and what's on the wall is stupid, but you're being mean about it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Just, so the waitress comes over and they, takes their order, and then she goes in the back, and then maybe seriously, John, three four minutes later, they flag the waitress down. Is our food ready yet? Oh my God! I know, and right. the waitress is like, "Well, this is the the owner is literally in the back cooking it. This is home cooking. Like, we, it's not prepared. <laughs> right? We're, it's we not make fast it. food, you asshole. Yeah, yeah. So the waitress walks away. Very nice. She explained it to them, yeah. and then they make fun of the waitress. Oh, they, they're sitting there going, "Yeah, oh, the big city people don't know how it's done down here in the in the little towns. You right. know, <laughs> right, making right. fun of." <laughs> 
Ten minutes go by. They flag the waitress down. Really, we have something to do. Is there any way the food, you know? And the waitress goes, I'll, I'll go check on it. She goes in the back, comes back out, and put $20 in cash on the table, lean into them, and the and she goes, the owner said, take this money and get the fuck out of his restaurant. <laughs> I love that. I would have loved yeah. to have seen the look on their faces. Oh, it was. I only saw one because one yeah. person was facing yeah. me, but just stunned. They were just, they could not believe. Yeah. That, we don't need your money. Yeah, we don't want you Get here. The hell out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I, that, that that story makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, and the, uh, the 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 one with the uh, the swords. That's a true story. That yeah. Well, it's funny uh, because I I can identify with that. Basically, I'll set it up because I don't mm-hmm. I don't want you to feel like you have to get up here and do comedy for me right now. Mm-hmm. But but it's one of my favorite things that you did was like when you travel all over this country and you go into small towns. There are convenience stores that aren't like big chains, like Seven Eleven or whatever. These are like convenience stores that have been around forever, and they've got all kinds of random shit in there. Mm-hmm. And I've seen stuff like that yeah. where there's you know, a, nunchucks throwing stars, <laughs> and there's a samurai sword hanging on the wall. <laughs> and uh, I'll just do it because uh, Stewart's like so. Um, just curious, uh, you ever have to restock the swords? Is that, why? <laughs> Is that a big ticket item? I mean, do you get, when do you get a shipment come in every Tuesday? And, and you say, he goes, huh? He's like, I'm just saying, when are you going to need a sword? And the guy goes, you need it. You'll know it. Like, I just love that. Because that's one of those things. Like, he didn't plan that. He just said it. And it's true. Yeah. You will know it when you need it. Yeah. I mean, there might, there's probably going to be one time in my life where I'm just going to be like, damn. damn this is oh. that time. Yeah. <laughs> Bubba was right. I'm in a car wash and a pirate ship pulls up. Then <laughs> I really could use that sort of spell. Exactly. I, I used to, for years, in my act, I told stories. Like, you know, stories with jokes in them. Yeah. You know. But and mostly about I tried to find stuff n- nobody else was talking about. Yeah, that's what I was really focusing on. Yeah. I want to pick material that nobody else is doing, and then it kind of changed. Now I'm talking about like you know more social issues. My mm-hmm. sister, lesbianism, gay sure. marriage, right, you know right. the supposed Hispanic threat, and you know mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Yeah, you yeah. know so it's a whole new challenge. I'm really liking it. Cool. Now mm-hmm. you're doing. Uh, you mentioned to me earlier that you're doing more of a one man act sort of thing these days or, or is that yeah would you say describe it like that yeah, yeah. i've tried i've done uh, fringe festivals which i've loved mm-hmm. i wrote a show and it's it's my act mm-hmm. with and, but the thing i like about it john is like um in a one-man show i can tell some stories that purposely are not funny yeah and the audience is perfectly fine with that right right you know so then you can build realism and tension right and really truly connect and then when, when you tell a five-minute story that is heartfelt mm-hmm. and it's real, uh, you know, and then you turn around and drop some punchlines, mm-hmm. boom. Yeah, they explode harder that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, yeah, the, it is harder to pull that off in a comedy club setting, mm-hmm. uh, I would think. It, it, it is more one-man showy, and I like that. It, it's, it's so true. When you, when you connect with the crowd other than just I'm going to try to make you laugh, you yeah. know, and you do connect with them. Mm-hmm. And then, the, then the laughter. Then you do try to make them laugh. Yeah. Then it's a way bigger laugh. But and a lot of times, yeah. comedy clubs, the way that they're set up and the, the system that's in place, it's hard to. Uh, get, it's harder to pull that off because I, I I tell stories. I know a lot yeah. of times, and mm-hmm. they start off with long five minute things, and I realize, ah, can, let me cut this out. This part's not important, and they whittle it down to now it's just a lot of jokes, but right. it is a story. Um, but I, I, I kind of wish I could, you know, do more of a long form sort of thing. You mm-hmm. know, I think like you just said, there's more, the payoff is bigger. Yeah. I think ultimately in, if you, it's just tools also learning how to do it, just like learning how to do, how, learning how to run up on stage and fall down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. there was a story I used to love that you used to tell yeah. about you had a friend, you were going to go do some gigs, some one-nighter, and you borrowed a car from a friend who was a lesbian. And I remember this line, and she was proud of it and displayed her lesbian yeah. pride all yeah. over oh, the back yeah, of the car. Yeah. You remember this story? Yes, yes, yes. In uh, uh, West Virginia, yes. uh, I had my car broke down. I had to borrow one of my friend's car, and my friend happened to be a lesbian. 
and she had all sorts of bumper stickers on the back of her car proclaiming that fact. <laughs> yes, yes, that's the way he stated. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And two guys pull up next to you while you're driving. Hey, Lesbo, Lizzie! <laughs> they look over to see me. I'm like that's the ugliest lady I've ever seen. <laughs> look at the arms on her. She looks like you, Fred. You know. <laughs> That's Are a, you lesbian, Fred? <laughs> that's a funny story. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, see, that's something that happened, and then it, it just sort of evolves into performing it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not just telling it, but you're, you're acting things. I, right. I put characters in there. I give the people in the story a, a way of moving and a way of talking and all that yeah. stuff. Voices yeah, right. and everything. Uh, yeah. Now, you've toured all over Kentucky, West Virginia. What is, you know, everyone's got that one road story. Where it's oh, like, I've got this, several. This thing happened to me. <laughs> Yeah, you got Especially one. lately. Yeah, tell me that one. Especially lately, you the last couple of years. took a swing at you? Yeah. Uh, I've been I've been punched twice on stage. Damn! Uh, I got beat up pretty bad uh, off stage. Wow. One night, yeah. Wow. What I'm learning, John, is when you're talking about swords and gas stations, <laughs> that joke works or it doesn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. That's the if extent it works, of it. It's great. If it doesn't, run to your car. Right. But... <laughs> When you're talking about, like, uh, you know, wh- whatever it is, like, I have a thing I'm discussing right now on stage where when if you live in Georgia, you get a license plate in Georgia, mm-hmm. you make a choice, you get a sticker on the back of your license plate that mm-hmm. says, In God We Trust, or your county. Okay. Like, you make that really? choice. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't either yeah. until I moved to Georgia, right. and then I've got to, then they, they, so I'm talking about, do we trust in God? Okay. Well, I've got seven airbags on my car, so obviously not. <laughs> right. You know? Not technically. Right. right, right. I've got locks on my door, security seat, belt. seat belts. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if God has a plan, I'm trying to fuck it up. You know? <laughs> I mean. That's a good joke. That's a funny joke, right? Yes. That's a good joke. Some people don't like it when you mess with the Lord. Right. You do that joke <laughs> in Turkey Paw, South Carolina. God. And you have problems. Right. And that's what I'm learning. Last couple of years when I'm shifting my act from interesting stories that you either laugh at or don't, when you when the in God we trust the lesbian sister, when the pro Hispanic when these opinions come out of you in a small bar in the South mm-hmm. You want to hug me or hit me? Yeah, right, they're, they're, right. that's it. You're a champion or you're the devil. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So Macon, Georgia, I'm on stage. A guy's pissed. He says to me, and this is some great poetry here. He, this is what these are the quotes he says to me. First of all, he goes, "Hey, shut up," which is a beautiful heckle line to me. Shut up. It's just simple and sweet. <laughs> shut up. That's what he wants. He wants me to shut up. Oh wow. I say he yeah. paid money to come in and listen to you. Now he wants you to shut up. Right. So I said, okay. That's all. I didn't know how to respond. He goes, where are you from? Mm-hmm. You know, I said, I'm living in, in Atlanta. I'm in Macon, right. by the way. Which, Macon's not far. It's, what, 60 miles south of Atlanta? Yeah, right. Okay. So I'm, I'm living in Atlanta. So I said, I, he goes, where are you from? I said, Atlanta. He goes, you fucking Yankee. <laughs> yeah. I say, sir, it's in the same state. And he goes, uh-huh. it's north of here, motherfucker. That's what he said to me. <laughs> Quotes. So in his mind, anything north of the of Macon. Of Macon. In his mind, it's the Macon-Dixon line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. It's the Macon-Dixon line. Yeah. <laughs> so then he says, and I'll never forget this. It's beautiful. He said, quote, yelled this at me from the crowd. He goes, wait right there. I'm, I'm going to come up and kick a lesson into your asshole. That's Woo! what he said to me. Kick a lesson. Kick a lesson into like your that. asshole. Isn't that beautiful? That is good. It's, it's hillbilly, redneck, Faulkner-ass poetry is what it is. <laughs> yes. I'm going to kick a lesson into your asshole. Yeah. That's great. Like, he's going to beat me up, and I'm going to be like, indeed, I see the error of my ways. Yes, yeah, so let know? me pull it out of my asshole <laughs> and examine it. So I laughed at that. I literally kind of bent over, and I was like, you're going to kick a lesson into my asshole. Nobody – now, by the way, the rest of the crowd is staring. They hate me. Yeah. They all hate me. The crowd hates you? The so crowd hates not, uh, me. They're not with, okay. No, crowd. they're not with So me. this guy is like speaking for the whole crowd in a way. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's and it's, worse. it's kind of one of those stages where the lights are bright. I can't really see the crowd that well. So anyway, I'm laughing at what he said. I don't realize he is coming up. Uh-huh. I don't really realize he is coming towards oh, the boy. stage, you know. Oh, and I turn to my left, and then I hear some noises from the crowd. I turn to my right, and I see his fist. Ooh. And that's really what I remember. He kind of connected you know it's a drunk punch it wasn't yeah. like a 
Tyson, pow, yeah, I'm yeah. gone. Was he a big dude? Yeah, he was bigger than me. Yeah. But most people are. <laughs> <laughs> right. This guy maybe. Uh, okay. So he hit me. The, it was kind of a drunk cheek, punch. The, the, yeah. The, the, the lower cheek, top of the neck area. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah I mean, I had a red welt. Yeah. It was, did, but did, it wasn't. He, was there a follow up punch? No. Somebody came was coming towards him to get him to oh, stop right. him. Thank God. Blah blah blah. It, and it all happened so quick. It was just like. Whoa! Right, right, right. You know? One punch, you're like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Because when you get hit, for those of you that haven't gotten in a fight in a long time, when you get punched in the face, you're it's almost like your, your immediate response is you're shocked. Mm-hmm. That's what I was. You're like, "What happened? Why did it happen? How dare you?" And then maybe the fourth thing that you think of is, "I want to kill this guy." So that's not the first thing you think. Right. Of. Yeah. Yeah. So by yeah. the time you get there. It's usually over. It's over. The guy's on the ground. Somebody else has got him. You know. It's usually the person that says, "I'm going to kick their ass." They're the ones that get the the shot in. Right. right. You know, the it's, shocked person. Unless you see him coming and get prepared, right. get ready. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But I'm so small anyway, and and I'm a wuss. I mean, I you know, <laughs> you wouldn't have hit back anyway. I, probably. I, I pro- I'll be honest with you. If the mindset I have right now on stage is if you have a problem with me, I need to be confident in what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you're going to come up on stage, I'm going to, I'm going to stand there right. and I'm going to take it. Right. Right. But I, I'm, I don't know if I'd fight back to be honest. I'd probably just get beaten up, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it was just like that. Yeah. I, I saw his fist. Boom. What, what the hell happened? Show's over. You know, yeah. how far into your act were you? I was about done. Okay. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I probably got off stage. So at I least mean, got paid. Well, I, I yeah, I got paid, but he wasn't happy. The owner hated me. The owner hated me. What club? Me. Can you tell a club or no? And make it. I don't know, but yeah, okay. Should I? I don't know. You could tell me later. Okay. If, if, if you're listening <laughs> to this and you want to find out, go to heffernandreap.com, and I'll hide it on the webpage somewhere. Okay. I'll, yeah, it'll be do that. secret. I'll tell you because you might have worked it. I may have. If it's yeah. making, I may have a while back. The, all these little things. I, I had a girl come up to me. I told you this the other night. Yeah. This is what she said. She, this. It's a funny story. This to is, me, this, this is funny. Here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Birmingham. She comes up to me, and she goes, uh, she goes, I want you to know I don't hate you. And I said, oh, that's great. It's a great start. <laughs> that's exactly what comedians go for. Yeah, yeah. I hope that not hating yeah. me. You don't have to love or like me. Just don't hate me. <laughs> don't hate me. <laughs> so I want you to know I don't hate you. And I said, okay, that's great. And she goes, I've been taught not to hate. And I said, that's fantastic. All children should be taught not to hate. Yeah. yeah. And she goes, I don't have to hate you because God will have his revenge. Oh, boy. I mean, in that... That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be different if I was standing on stage talking about <laughs> how all the Mexicans should be killed in a concentration camp. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. You come back to that could have been, well, good thing I'm an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's, yeah, so you uh, got punched. That, now, did you say you got punched twice on stage? Like, was there another time? There was another time. Uh, very similar. But th- th- I got to say, the, the second time, the other time it happened, it was a uh, two guys and a girl sitting at a table. Every, all three were wasted. Yeah, yeah. The girl was laughing loudly, but she liked me. She okay. liked my material. Okay. And the, her boyfriend was getting mad. Oh boy! It was a jealousy thing. Yeah, it, it was. There's a, a girl. He's probably been trying to make her laugh his whole life. Yeah. And now she's looking at you with his big eyes, laughing, mm-hmm. and now he's intimidated. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. And then so he decided to. He came up on stage and stood in front of me and, you know, you come to my town, blah, 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 this and now that, you know. And then he pushed me and I, he pushed me pretty hard. And, and then he just, and I thought that would, that's the end of it. And yeah. then he just jumped on me and, and swung a couple of times. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. But that was really a jealousy thing. Right, right. You know. Um, so did any of that get on tape? Did you have a. No. That would I, be great. I know. It? Because that's all over YouTube now, people getting in fights. Ugh. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's sad. What's his name? Jim Jeffries. Okay. Was you know that comedian? I know who he is. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met he him. He got hit on stage, and it, it was on tape. So mm-hmm. he kind of got popular from it, really. You know? Really? It was like a viral thing that happened. People yeah. started looking into, well, who is this guy? And now he's got all these fans. He's got a TV show now. But I, I'm, wow. I mean, he's funny anyway. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's I've never been uh, attacked on stage. I'm trying to think of the worst thing that's happened. I mean, you know, I I did accidentally – this was in Richmond, Virginia, years ago, 12, 15, something crazy like Un- that. That underground room? Yes. That, yes. What was yeah. it called? You remember the name of it? Comedy – it was oh, – oh, I don't remember. Maybe it had just been Comedy Club. 
or something. I think it might have been. Like Seriously, yeah. yeah. It was a cool room, though. Yeah. It had a low ceiling, and it was tight. That's awesome. Well, you yeah. get lo- the Denver Comedy Works is like that, the one downtown. It's a low ceiling. It's underground, mm-hmm. and you, the laughter just explodes really big. But I was uh, on – I had been drinking a little bit. It was a feature mm-hmm. act. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was about 15 minutes into my set. I was killing and I just, you know, I don't, I didn't do hardly any improv at all at the time. You know, I just right. stuck to my act. And uh, 15 minutes in, I was, I was killing. I decided to go off script. You know, <laughs> I said, "Anybody got a cigarette?" And then like four cigarettes come flying up on stage. I'm like, "Cool!" And I pick one up. I said, "Who's got a lighter?" And then someone hands me a Zippo lighter. Right? Okay. You know the Zippo lighter. So yeah. I was like, "Cool." Do you know any tricks? And I started hitting it on my leg, like you know how people can light it different uh, right, ways. Right. Yeah. So I started cool, hitting baby. on my leg, trying to like. Light it, and it flew out of my hand at, like, Mach 7. Wow. And it hit a girl right in the forehead. Oh. Like, flat. Bam! Her head snapped yeah. back. The whole room went from laughter to... <gasps> and I was like, oh, my God, yeah. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? And there's, like, a big red square oh. on her forehead, you know? And yeah. I just I couldn't follow it. I felt so bad. It was hard to get back into my set. And I couldn't even offer, you know, she wasn't even 20. It was a club that you could be 18 oh to get God. in. Couldn't even buy her a drink. Yeah. I had to get her water, you know. <laughs> Let me get and you then, some water. <laughs> yeah. And then I kept, like, I would try to get back into my act, and it was just not the same. And I would abandon a bit and look at her and go, I'm serious. Are you okay? And finally she goes, I'm fine. Just stop talking about it. Like, <laughs> oh, so it made it even worse. <laughs> it it even oh, worse. It's God. like I was making fun of her. for you know. Oh. And I was like, no, I'm seriously sorry, blah, blah, blah. So that was uh, oh. that was the closest. But I did see Steve McGrew get into a fight. That was pretty awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, cause I, that's the only time I've ever seen it live happen, a real fight. Mm-hmm. I should travel with you more to see some live action. <laughs> But Steve was on stage. I was featuring. Steve was on. There was a girl. Uh, uh, it was a college room. And so it was at a bar in a college town, you know. And I'm doing my set. And it's just loud. Everybody's talking. No one's listening. And there's this one table. It's just I could hear this girl just yelling shit out at me. And I didn't. I ignored her and just, you know, uh, uh, tried to talk over her. Mm-hmm. And it was just a bad set. <clears throat> and then I introduced Steve McGrew. And then he whispered it in my ear as he shook my hand. I want you to watch this. I was like, oh, okay. So I go in the back of the room, and I watch Steve. And he goes up there. You know, It's a brand-new comedian, so it's like we're starting over. People are listening now. Right. And sure enough, that girl started lighting him up a little bit. But he was ready because he had been watching me suffer. Yeah. It almost did it for me in a way. And so he, he had zingers ready to go. Like she'd say something, he'd go, boom, shut her down, boom, shut her down. It was great to watch. And I was very – and the crowd was on his side uh-huh. know, because finally someone's addressing this drunk bitch. Right. And But but you could tell – I think he pushed it a little too far because yeah. he really did not like her. And, right. And he started getting a little – I guess – I don't know. I don't think personal, but he was just – it was just digging it, salt in the wound, you know. Mm-hmm. He'd already won and he kept going. And the crowd turned on him. Well, not the crowd, but the table – nearest the girl right and these two random dudes said hey man that's enough all right shut up you're not funny fuck you and then they like, gigged him or whatever and then right. steve says you want to try or he did something like this as as a almost as if it could have been interpreted will you come up here and try comedy or you want to come up here and kick my ass right almost like he invited them yeah and yeah. that guy saw it as an invitation to mm-hmm. <laughs> a fight and yeah. so the guy and the, the stage was raised a little bit so the guy got up. He walked over to the stage. He tried to get up on stage. And as he was, like, trying to climb up on stage, Steve just kicked him right in the chest. And this dude fell back on the table. And all the bouncers got up. All, all that guy's friends right. got up. And it was a damn Springer show. Just, really? Everybody was swinging. I remember seeing Steve McGrew on the ground crawling like this with the mic. It's still in his hand. <laughs> he didn't let it go. And he, he had a box of tapes that he was going to sell. That's how long ago this was. Cassette tapes. Cassette and he picked tapes. up his tapes. He says, fuck it, I'm leaving. And he threw the <laughs> mic down. And he crawled out. And he's walking. This is a great moment. This is like a scene from a movie. He's walking towards me, right? And behind him, it's almost like, you know, a slow motion walk where there's a, an explosion going off in the background. Right. And the yeah. hero's walking slowly towards the camera. <laughs> That's what it looked like. He was walking towards me smiling as people were still kicking each other's ass in the background on a lit stage. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. He walked past me. He goes, I'll see you at the hotel. (laughs) I'll see you at the hotel. I was like, good kick, man. Hey, get my check. I'll see you at the hotel. And he'd only done 15 minutes. (laughs) It was a great snap kick, man. Wow. So, yeah, I like uh, like a good old fight. But, yeah, uh, I'm not I never had uh, that. I had one. We got time? 
Yeah, no, uh, my wife just called me. I'm going to text her until I'm podcasting. Please continue All right. listening. <clears throat> uh, Reno, you know Reno. Yeah. Reno and I are good friends. Um, this is six months ago. Yeah. Reno sets I – don't, I don't know what the legality of, tell, of dropping names is, but uh, – No, no, it's fine. You know, okay, yeah, yeah. so Reno and I are good friends. Reno sets me up and gets his management company to come out and see me mm-hmm. at Zany's oh, nice. in yeah, Nashville. Yeah. Okay. So club. I, I'm going to tell this joke right now because I need to for this story. Okay. All right. Um, well, let's get to the point. So I, it's a smaller crowd in Nashville, you know, and this group of people is there. It's a big company. You know, it might be if they're interested in me, it might be good for me. Right. You know? Yeah. Totally. So, uh, and it's just not going well from the get-go, John. Uh-huh. There is a table of rednecks right up front. And I open with donating sperm to my sister's wife, <laughs> and they are pissed. I mean, and at the first 15 minutes, they're pissed off. And it's not, they haven't gotten vocal yet, but there's a lot of chair shifting. There's yeah. a lot of Oof. moving this around. Yeah. yeah, noises like that, like, ugh, yeah. those kind of noises. <laughs> There's 40 people in the audience, not that many. Not yeah. Everybody in that room knows that this table of eight in the front row uh-huh. hates my guts. Yeah. Right? Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. And there's so, I hate it when they're that close and they hate you because the light kind of spills on them, too. Yeah. And yeah. the rest of the crowd can see they, they, they don't like you. And, <laughs> yeah. Faces, so you know? it's really this show, after 20 minutes, has become – the crowd is watching me tell a joke and their reaction to whatever joke I just told. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and this management company's there to watch me. Right. So uh, uh, after the sperm donation story that I told, I just thought it, uh, they're not going to like me anyway. So let's just go full <laughs> force. Might as well. Exactly. Yeah, to hell with it. Yeah. Okay, so I do more and more, you know, liberal material. That's yeah. just that's just what it Let's is. Go for it. Let's just fuck yeah. it. Let's just do it. Let's hash it These out. people are so mad. Yeah. The waitress comes up, asks this one guy at the table, "Do you do you uh, want another drink?" And he goes, "How long is this son of a bitch going to be on stage?" <laughs> like and she and she's a friend of mine. She said, "You can leave whenever you want." And he goes, "I ain't leaving until I kick the fuck out of him." This is wow. yeah. People want to kick shit in your asshole and kick yeah. fuck out of you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're either kicking things in or out. So I tell this joke. Um, that, and this is a true, based on a true story. This little town I live in in Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. A guy owns a bar. He put about six, ten months ago or something. He puts a mar- on his marquee. He wrote on the marquee, "I don't agree with the nigger in the White House." Oh right, you told me that. I told you this. Jesus yeah. Christ, that's true. Yeah, people went nuts. Athens, Georgia, mm-hmm. liberal town. People were picketing every day. It was in Atlanta. It was made national news. It was in Atlanta Journal. Right. People were. You got to take the sign down. You cannot say that word. You're not allowed to say that word. Well, my point of view, and this is the joke I told. Leave it up. We need the sign there mm-hmm. because yesterday I had no clue this man was a piece of shit racist. <laughs> I didn't know. Right. Today his honesty's armed me with knowledge. Yeah. You ain't I ain't shopping in your bar. Exactly. Yesterday I might have wandered in, me and John might have wandered in and spent some money. Today, no, we're gonna go to the next bar. That's you know? Right. Restricting people's language doesn't change their hearts. Exactly. It sends them into hiding and they just whisper like teenage little girls. Yeah. We have to allow people to say things we don't want to hear, come out of hiding. Yeah. Otherwise, how are we gonna kill them? I agree with that. Like in Glorious Bastards, you know. Did you see that movie? Yeah, oh yeah. They yeah. they they put swastikas on their foreheads after they were released them yeah so th- so they couldn't take the uniform off so when the war was over these nazis would still have to live with that swastika on their forehead so yeah. everyone would know what a piece everyone of shit racist know. they are yes so it's a good you, you know why you should take it further like a glorious bastard give <laughs> right. them t-shirts or you know yeah put shit on their you head. know why we hold our right hand up in court you put your left hand on the Bible, right, right hand. Isn't that right? Yeah, left yeah, hand. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> yeah, okay. One of the hands you, you hold up, because in England, they used to brand your hand with whatever crime. No kidding. Yeah. You you that. were busted for shoplifting, you would have an S on your hand, on the palm of your hand. That way an employer, uh, a potential mate, anybody would know <laughs> wow. right there. You've got your whole, like, credit, hit, not credit, what do you call it, your background, your police record. Yeah, your police record's on, on your, your hand. hand. I like And that. each letter stood for molestation or whatever. We do that so, today, you know, just whatever. make it tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> Big tattoos. What yeah. a great idea. Okay. So I tell this joke on stage, in, and, and I start it by saying, uh, you know, I tell the story, what the guy wrote on the marquee, I don't agree with the nigger in the White House. This guy goes, yeah! Starts screaming. There's two or three oh. at this table of eight. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love and hate that at the same time. I know, I know. Because yeah, oh, they're 
you're not getting to the point yet. You've not uh, gotten yeah. to the punchline. I have not got to the punchline. You're setting up why this this person is an idiot, and before you can prove it, someone's already cheering for the idiot. Someone's cheating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he'd already seen me for 20 minutes. He ought to know what side I'm going to come yeah. down on. Oh my god. They're che- his arms are raised at the club, and he's he's yeah yeah. <laughs> I ignore him. I keep going. Yeah. I get to the point where, at the end, I say, "We got to let him come out of hiding. Otherwise, how are we going to kill him?" Yeah, yeah. He slammed his fist down on the table uh-huh. so hard that a, a glass fell off and went on the floor. He was, he, bam, just, <laughs> uh, full of rage. just, yeah, just. Yeah. He went from so happy to so mad <laughs> in one joke. I finished <laughs> the show. There's. There's people that come up to me after the show secretly and go, I loved what you did. Mm-hmm. I loved what you did. Thank you for right. saying that in front of those rednecks. Mm-hmm. I saw it last night. Yeah. Some, some people come over to you and just tell you, uh, telling you how much they loved your set. Yeah. People, you want to hit me or hug me. Right. You know, the management company comes up to me. <laughs> this right, is Reno's right. management company. Oh, boy. I'm talking to them. They're, it's so, they're trying to be nice. They're such nice people, John. They were so nice to me. <laughs> yeah. But what they want to say is, no, and leave. Yeah. And they should have done that. But they're like, <laughs> you seem like a nice person. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, Reno speaks very highly of you guys. And he's your family to him. And I love Reno. And yeah. we're all friends. So thank you. For, I'm trying to give them out. Yeah. Thank yeah, you yeah, for yeah, coming yeah, to see yeah. me. I get it. Don't worry. Yeah. You don't have to say anything negative. I'm just going to say thanks for, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then while I'm talking to this ma- big management company, the manager of the club comes over and goes, Stuart, I need you to stay in the club for a while. They're outside waiting on you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. really? That's hilarious. So then the management company's like, can we leave the club? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. funny. A big shot of getting something, and, and yeah. people are waiting outside to kick my ass. Man, how long you been? When did you just? How long you been doing comedy now? About the same as you, maybe yeah. maybe a little less, sixteen years, yeah, something, something like, that. like that. And how old, so how old are you? I'm forty. I'm forty. I'll turn forty-one this month. Yeah, I'm forty. You're forty. You mm-hmm. Same age. You got a thick head of hair. Oh yeah, it's. I am so jealous. It's like. I it, mean, it looks like the sixteen-year-old's scalp. I know. I'll never go bald, but it. I can't do it. Like I part it in the middle. It looks. I know this is a podcast, but it looks like uh-huh. Luke we'll Skywalker or some <laughs> crap. You know, but I can't do anything else. Yeah, I mean, my hair's so thick it will not do anything else. <laughs> I'm jealous, man. You know, most guys our age are already bald. My brother's bald. My dad's bald. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure my mom waxes. <laughs> but yeah, we're, secrets we're, about your mom. We're all bald over there on the rebound. I'm, I'm lucky to have mine. You know. I've, I did some Propecia. I did the Rogaine. I'm doing it. I'm taking pills. Did you really? Yeah, I'm trying to keep it as long as I can. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm surprised well. I've still got it, man. But yeah. My dad's still full head of hair. Yeah. I think we're like I'm 116th Cherokee or something. Oh, I think okay. that's what it is, the Native American, the yeah. thick kind of, you know. Speaking of Cherokee, I'm going to Cherokee to do comedy at the uh, oh, casino yeah? up there. Yeah, Cherokee, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, Beautiful you, place. Yeah. Have you been Beautiful. there? I have. Beautiful place. Yeah. Well, um, on this podcast, John Heffern is my co-host. Uh, yeah. He's not with us today. But we sometimes play trivia games. You want to play a little game? Sure. Let's play a game. Do I have to know things? That's how it's, that's kind of how it's played. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's it's a little trivia. Um, this is the entertainment, uh, entertainment trivia. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Which entertainer, musician, and author was the original host of The Tonight Show? From 1954 to 1957. Jack Parr. Let's see. Jack Parr. Show the answer. Steve Allen. Steve Allen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't have to say, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a buzzer here with me. Okay, here we go. Ask one or both parts. Oh, okay. Uh, which piano player starred in a television advertisement for Diet Coke and was also starred in a television advertisement for Diet Pepsi? Jeez. Which piano player starred in television? Yeah, I, I think I know this. I don't have the answer in front of me because I have to click yeah. on the answer button. But I think I know it. I, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say Elton John. I was going to go Ray Charles. That's you, you. Let's see. Let's see. It's a total guess for me. We're both right. No way, Elton John and, and Ray, Ray Charles. Charles. <laughs> Holy crap! All right, okay. See, I can play along because I, 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 even though I'm reading the questions, I don't have the answers until I click. I'm, on, I'm doing this online for those of you at home. Play, play at home, uh, but please, no waging. Uh, name the actor who played the title role in each of these films. A, 1977, Annie Hall. B, 1966, Alfie. 
1943, Madame Curie. I have no idea. Uh, Name the actor who played the title role in each of these films. Kenny Hall, Alfie, and Madame Curie. I mean, it's not Woody Allen, is it? I don't know. Do you have a guess? You ready? Just just throw something out. um, If it's not, it'd have to be Diane Keaton if it's not Woody Allen, Maybe it's... Diane Keaton, Michael Caine, Greer. Gar- what? Why is there three answers? I don't get that. Name the actor who played the title role in each of these. Oh, so this is like three different questions. Oh, three one. different questions. I thought it was <sighs> the same. Uh, okay. This website sucks. Yeah, right. well. I, my apologies. <clears throat> uh, I'm pissed, and I'm going to beat the crap I, out of you. This is very unprofessional <laughs> of me. You deserve better. Uh, last one, and we'll move it on. Uh, in his amazing career, George Lucas has written and produced dozens of films, but he directed only three. In 1971, 73, and 77. Name the films. I don't have a clue. Um, well, I'm going to have Star Wars. Star Wars. I think that's 77. Star Wars came out in 77, right? Uh, that seemed, that sounds right. I think. And I, I wouldn't have a clue what the other ones are. <sighs> I don't either. Star Wars. Um, I have no idea. Let's Debbie Does Dallas <laughs> and uh, Deep Throat. Okay. I think was early work. 1971, THX. American Graffiti and okay. Star Wars. So we got one. Because that's where he met Harrison Ford, I guess. Was that's American right, Graffiti. American Graffiti. Yeah. That's right. But what is this other one? THX 1138. I never heard of that. Never heard of that. I have to look that one up. Yeah. Uh, if there's a Jar Jar Binks in it, it's going to suck. Jar Jar Binks suck. I hated Jar Jar Binks in the, uh, the new Star Wars films. You know, I have not seen the new ones. <laughs> Will you? Yeah, I just decided. I grew up with. We're the same age. Yeah. Star Wars was huge. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I saw the first three. You loved it probably as a kid. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All, you know, blowing up Darth Vader in the yard with fireworks. Yeah. And the whole thing. Sure. Lightsabers. Yeah. I just, I'm not watching the new ones. It wasn't like some kind of angry nerd pissed off thing. Yeah. It was just like, it, you know, if we were working and you said you want to go see it, I'd go see it. But I'm not yeah. going to seek it out to watch it. You're not it. going out of your way to have a, a Star Wars party. No. <laughs> not anymore. I hear you. I'm 40. Well, dude, it was a blast catching up with you again, Yeah, it's man. great to see you, John. Um, do you want to plug any websites, tweet, Twitters, Facebooks? What you got out there? People can find you. Um, you know, I have a website. I don't tweet at all. I have a website, website StuartHuff.com. I have a CD on iTunes. It's called oh, the, nice. the Pressure of Your Expectations is Overwhelming. The, wait, do that again. I'm trying to step <laughs> It's the greatest title ever because it's so bad. This, the title of my CD is The Pressure of Your Expectations is Overwhelming. <laughs> that is a great title. Isn't it so bad? It's yeah. wonderful. No, it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's good. I figured titles nowadays don't really matter. No, honestly, I think that they don't, but they kind of do in the sense that it's if it's catchy, then people go, oh, what is – it gives them, like, another reason. Let me dig deeper see what this is. Yeah. Like, if you watch TV today – it's way different than how we used to watch television. Uh, how you used to watch, you had one clicker, mm-hmm. and you had the channel go up or down. Right? Mm-hmm. There was no menu that popped up right. where you could seek things out and search for certain things. See, now today, when you watch TV, most of the time, you know, you got cable or satellite. You hit the, the guide comes up, and you read a title before you go to see what that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if the title's kind of catchy, like, you know, the Speed Network, the show I've got mm-hmm. uh, right now, is kind of interesting. It's Are You Faster Than a Redneck? Right. If you see that title, you're like, what the hell is that? Yeah, what is that? Yeah. you click on it, then you look at it. So mm-hmm. in that sense, it's you know it matters a little bit. Oh, I but. agree totally with that. But my, I, my CD, I sell after the show. Yeah. I'm, not, you know, yeah. I'm not trying to, to get right. your attention as you're walking down the aisles of Best Buy. That, that's right. <laughs> I'm not trying to grab you. Right. You know yeah, if yeah. you want to buy my CD by the time I leave the stage, right. no matter what the title is. There you go, folks. So look him up online, StuartHuff.com. I believe he's on Facebook as well. Yeah, Facebook. Um, Get a CD. Um, you can get it on iTunes. Yep, it's very funny. Uh, support the Road Dog. Uh, the Sword Story's on there. Too. The Sword Story's on there. You got to get that, that on there. Chocolate yeah. covered hot dog on there. That's on there too. Oh, you got the greatest hits on there. I love. You got that. the greatest that's, hits. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah. Any any tour dates? Uh, people can find you on the road. I'm going to be doing the one man show uh, again in Indianapolis. Uh, the Indie Fringe Festival. Oh, nice. So if you're near Indy, look that up. Okay, very cool. All right, good to catch up, man. All right, folks, uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Heffern and Reap Show. I am John Reap saying, bicycle! Bye-bye. Go to Texas!
Go to heffernandreap.com for tour dates and great links. Hey, did you get that? It's heffernandreap.com. Go there now. now.